0: As a young mom, Carolyn Call faced suicidal depression, but it was her belief that we worship a God who can heal us that led her to begin a health journey she says is a lifelong pursuit. Carlyn Call has a bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University and is currently working on completing her professional certificate in nutrition from Cornell University. She began making health-related lifestyle changes nearly 15 years ago and has since helped many others begin to improve their health by making small changes in their eating habits and daily product use. Her Instagram account, Just Ingredients, is followed by near- Nearly 250,000 accounts. She is a mother of six kids. This is All In, an LDS living podcast where we ask the question what does it really mean to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm Morgan Jones and I'm excited to have Carlin Call here with me today. Carlin, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is. I'm so excited about this episode. My boss actually kind of had to tell me to rein it in a little Uh. bit because I just love the idea of living a healthy lifestyle. And I think that it's something that's so important. And your Instagram account, which is just dot ingredients, has opened my eyes so much to the importance of knowing what's in the products that we're consuming and using in our lives. And so, first of all, thank you for all that you're doing to raise awareness about that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. That's nice of you. I tried to kind of study up on you and your background going into this. And I learned by listening to another podcast interview that you did that your journey with focusing on these things in terms of living a healthy life began as the result of a battle with depression. Just to start off, can you kind of tell listeners a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So after I had three children, I found myself with severe depression and more than just depression. It was severe suicidal depression. And I thought, this isn't me. Like, I haven't had this my whole life. Something had to have happened. But my third child at the time was a year. And so it wasn't considered postpartum depression because once they're a year, it's not considered that. Right. And so I went searching for help and looking for help. And I went to doctor after doctor. And every doctor would just say, well, we can give you an antidepressant. And don't get me wrong, I have nothing against antidepressants, but my problem was I kept asking the doctor, well, will this heal me? And they kept telling me no. And I kept having this internal struggle like there is a way to heal from this. If I wasn't always like this, there's got to be a way that I can heal from this. And mm-hmm. so I did go on the antidepressants because I needed something because it was so bad, But I went through a two- year journey of trying to find a doctor that would help. And finally, I found one, and she was able to say, yes, I can heal you. It's going to take a lot of work. Are you willing to do it? And I was like, "Like, of course, I'm at rock bottom. I'll do whatever. And um, she said, we've got to do some testing and look at your hormones and look at your inflammation, and we're going to talk about gut health and cleaning up your diet and the toxins around you and things like that. And so I then went on like an 18-month journey with this doctor trying to clean up my life and work on balancing my hormones and reducing my inflammation and things like that. And anyways, it led to being able to get off the antidepressants. And that was 15 years ago. And so for like the past 13 years, I've never had to be on the antidepressants anymore because I'm able to control those emotions by what I eat, the toxins around me, keeping my balance, uh, my hormones balanced, my inflammation down, things like
0: that. That's fascinating. I... Love how you talked about knowing that you there had to be a way to be healed. And I think about that, like the scriptures, you know, the having the faith to be healed and believing that we can be healed from these things that we're dealing with. What have you learned, Carlin, about healing? So that's actually a really interesting
1: question, because I remember being in the darkest of days in my depression and— Oh, I almost might cry telling you about it. Sitting in a rocking chair thinking, I am in a dark tunnel, and everybody tells me that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I can't see it. And I remember praying to God saying, I know there is light at the end of the tunnel, but I can't see it. I'm stuck in this tunnel, and it is dark. And I remember for those two years trying to find a doctor to help me, I kept thinking, where is God? Like I know I have a testimony in Him, but there is a brick wall between me and heaven right now. And where is he? And finally, keeping my faith, knowing that he could heal, finally, it was the weirdest situation of how I found this doctor, and I knew that God had put that lady in my life to find that doctor, because I looked and looked and had this random stranger not mentioned the story about this doctor she found. I would never have found her, and so I knew— I knew that God could heal, but I knew I had to do my part too, and I had had blessings and things like that that got me through those two years, but to truly heal, God put that doctor in my life, and I had to do my part with the doctor and also trust in God.
0: Yeah. So from there, you kind of started this whole journey into looking into what goes into products both that we consume and that we use in our household and our on our person, I guess. What, what led to kind of diving into that? So that actually
1: came from the doctor because she taught me how like our om- omega-6s can really contribute to our inflammation and increase that. And so I had to learn like what foods had omega-6s in them. And she taught me about like parabens and phthalates and how those can really mess up with our hormones because they're endocrine disruptors. And so I had to learn what products had parabens and phthalates in them and things like that. But saying that, I'm a type of person that if someone gives me all this information and tells me I have to do it all at once, I'm going to throw my hands up in the air and be like, I can't do it. That's it's not too doable. Over- yeah, it's too yeah. overwhelming. And so honestly, I. that's why it took like 18 months to two years to clean up my life was – I had to do one ingredient at a time, and I had to learn about hydrogenated oils and where I would find that and what that was doing to my body and where it was in my pantry and what I could go shopping for and replace those items with in my pantry. So I went one ingredient at a time, and it took a long time. And honestly, I tell everybody a health journey can actually be a whole lifetime because I feel like we're never at a perfect stage of our health. And so get on a health journey and start little with little baby steps and then to this day I'm still trying to improve things of incorporating more vegetables into my diet and you know things like that you can always keep improving.
0: Yeah. So as you started to kind of replace these ingredients one by one, where did you start? Like what ingredients did you start with? So I tried to
1: start with things that were the easiest for me. Okay. So for instance like artificial dyes, I thought oh that could be really easy. I don't need those in food items and stuff. I can get rid of those. So I started with artificial dyes. Once I got really good with that, then I moved on to the next one. I start went to hydrogenated oils just because at the same time, my sister actually was dealing with breast cancer at age 35, and her oncologist was telling her she needed to get rid of hydrogenated oils in her life. So we both then started doing this together, and that was the next ingredient we looked at. And anyways, it just was ingredient after ingredient
0: amazing that's so neat so you right now are in the process of getting a certification right in nutrition i am and how did you kind of so you you start down this journey and i love that you turned it into something even more you know i think sometimes when we gain knowledge we kind of keep it to ourselves. And I love that you've shared the things that you've learned and discovered. And then that's driven you to kind of pursue more education. How did you kind of reach that decision?
1: Well, so I started this Instagram first just as a hobby because I knew so many people around me were suffering with like depression and chronic pain and chronic joint pain and chronic fatigue and all these things. And I knew that if they knew how to fix their diet or remove some toxins from their lives, things like that, it would better them. And so I started this just as a little hobby to help people and try to help neighbors, friends, family, things like that. And then it grew bigger and bigger. And people wanted the research behind it, which was fine. I had researched it for years, so I knew where to get the research from. But then as it's just grown and grown, I've thought, you know, I really would love to write a book, but I want the credentials behind it. And I want to make sure everything I state is solid and true and sound. And so I just figured, you know what? I'm going to go to a good university. And so I'm working on a nutrition certificate program through Cornell just to validate everything that I've learned over the 15 years.
0: Yeah. I love that you're doing that. So I kind of want to dive into this, and I want to start at kind of a foundational level, and then we'll kind of go deeper if that's okay. But first of all, what are some of the most important things for people to know about what's in their food?
1: I think the most important thing is to maybe just realize that our food has changed since the 80s and 90s. So if you were a kid in, well, and in the 2000s, so if you were a kid, like in the 70s or 80s, like it was pretty easy for your mom just to go to the store and pick a gallon of milk off the shelf and all milk was milk. Yeah. Well, because today of like growth hormones for the cows and GMO crops that we feed them and the GMO crops sprayed with glyphosate, we have all these new worries that we need to be concerned about. And so I think if people are just aware that our food actually is different than the 80s and 90s, then that would help them realize maybe they should educate themselves a little bit as to what different things mean. Because like the word organic didn't even come out until the year 2000. But the word organic was given to us to help us know that there's no artificial sweeteners in it, which a lot of artificial sweeteners came out in the 80s. There's no GMO crops in it, which um, the GMO crops were sold commercially starting in the mid-1990s. It's to tell us that there's no artificial colors, artificial preservatives. We've come up with new artificial preservatives recently. So anyways, it's a word to tell us it's how our food used to be. And so a lot of people think like, oh, organic means it's for the elite and it's trendy. No, it's just a word that's been given to us to help us know it's the food we used to eat, like in the 60s or 70s or 80s, things like that. And so if people will just know that our food truly is a little different than what it used to be, then I think it will
0: help them know to read labels or understand what different products are. This is so interesting to me. So, when I was in high school, my parents started kind of changing the way that we ate. And up until that point, it was like, you know, frosted flakes or whatever we we had always had the different sugary cereals and stuff and then some stuff changed and we had different food and and for me I've always been really grateful for that that it came while I was still at home because from then on I ate differently but I think it's interesting to think about that it's actually the food that changed as well and not just that my parents were making changes right that's so interesting right so one thing that I really love about your approach online, you I've read a frequently asked questions spot on your website and you were asked what do you do when your kids get junk food from friends parties or events. And you replied, there's no reason to demonize food. I don't like living in extremes. If I never allowed them to have it, I could be teaching them things that could build a negative relationship with food. I feed them the best possible way I know how in my home. I try to buy the better choice when given the option. But when they enjoy a treat with friends or at school, they enjoy it and we move on. Kids will recognize how junk food makes their body feel. How would you sum up, Carlin, the healthy mentality as it relates to food. Because this is something that for me, I was just telling a friend yesterday that the biggest thing that helps me in eating is I ask myself, how am I going to feel after I eat this? And I love that you emphasize your kids will notice the way that they feel, being different. So how do you kind of cultivate that healthy mentality in your home? You're the mother of six kids. I so am. So hats yeah. off to you. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. So like you said, I don't like to live in extremes, and I don't like to teach the kids extremes. If I'm always saying, oh, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad, then they're going to get a negative attitude towards food and a negative attitude of as to what they can eat and what they can't eat. And so instead, we try to do a really positive attitude in our home as— look at all this great food God has given us. He has given us whole food ingredients that heal us and help us and nourish us and make us strong. And so I do tell them like, it's okay to eat a treat here and there. Or if you're given a treat at school because it's somebody's birthday, it's fine. What I do try to teach them is God gave us a great detoxer in our body. It's called your liver. And if your liver isn't overburdened with so many toxins, it will do its job. So I feel like if I'm feeding them healthy in the home and cooking good dinners and providing good snacks and we don't have a lot of toxins in our air and water and things like that in our home, then their livers are not overburdened. And so they can go enjoy a treat and it's not going to affect them that much. Now, if they ate pizza and birthday cake all day long, are they going to feel sick? Absolutely, just like anybody. Yeah. And so, but they know that they've been taught like, we eat whole food ingredients and good foods, and we can enjoy a treat here and there. But to eat that all the time would make you feel really not good. And as they get older, as the teenagers get older, they actually can notice what makes them feel good and what doesn't. And mm-hmm. so, in fact, my 15-year-old is really good about it. He, If he has a few sugary snacks or something, he'll be like, oh, my stomach hurts or I've got a headache. I don't really feel good. And it's good for kids to realize on their own what makes them feel yucky
0: and what makes them feel good. Right. Because I think that that can backfire, right? Having such a health conscious environment in the home, it can backfire to the point, like you said, where they have an unhealthy relationship with food. And I've seen that in people around me where it's like their families were so healthy that then it becomes an unhealthy environment. Right. Right. Because then they
1: feel like they can't ever get it at home or somewhere. So they sneak out to try to get it or they start Oh, there's so many things. I mean, if you started trying to teach macros and calorie counting to them and all these other things, it just becomes this extreme diet. And I don't want it to be a diet. It's a way of life. And I actually try to teach some gratitude for it as well. God gave us these things. Let's be grateful for these things that nourish our bodies. And let's not be ashamed of what we're eating, but grateful for it. See how it makes your body feel great. And you're full of energy and you're strong and can
0: work hard because of these good nourishing foods that God has given us. Yeah, It's so interesting. Years ago, I remember my dad telling me that he had had a conversation with someone and he said, you know, I when I eat lunch, I feel so tired afterward that I just feel like I need to go and take a nap. And whoever it was that he was talking to said, well, that's a sign that you're not eating the right things because food should be fuel. And so when you eat your lunch and it makes you feel like you need to go take a nap, then that means that it's not serving you. It's not being the fuel that you need. So you need to make some shifts in the things that you eat. And that's always stuck with me as well. Another thing that I love on your Instagram account that you do is the way that you always have kind of a disclaimer and you say, this will not cause that just because this ingredient is in your food or in your deodorant or whatever, it doesn't mean that you'll get cancer. How did you kind of come to have that disclaimer on everything?
1: Well, that's my disclaimer to sort of tell people don't live in extremes. I'm just giving you products that are a better choice and a best choice. But it doesn't mean that the thumbs down one has caused your depression or is now going to cause you cancer or is going to kill you tomorrow. It's just purely to say, hey, look, you guys, maybe there aren't the best choice ingredients in there. And there's other products now on the market today because our society, our companies are finally providing us better options. So I'm just letting you know, look, if you want a better deodorant, here it is. If you want a better cereal, here it is. I'm not saying you've got to quit everything and go to kale and quinoa only because you everybody has cancer. That's That would be living in an extreme. And I just am not a live in extreme person.
0: Yeah. So let's give people, if it's okay with you, an example. So you mentioned the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. If you go to Carlin's Instagram, just ingredients, you'll see how she does these posts and she'll have like one product and it'll have a thumbs down and then there'll be another product of the same thing that'll have a thumbs up. Can you give like a, a pretty common example of what that would look like? So a real easy one would be ketchup. So
1: ketchup now has high fructose corn syrup in it, which we don't need. And so I have two ketchup bottles sitting right next to each other. One has a thumbs down because it has high fructose corn syrup in it. And the other one doesn't have the high fructose corn syrup and tastes exactly like the other ketchup, probably from the same manufacturer, the same company. And that one has a thumbs up. Or it can be found in like peanut butter or jelly really easy, like two jams sitting right next to each other, one with high fructose corn syrup, one without. So a thumbs down and a thumbs up. Hopefully that makes sense for readers that haven't seen. uh, I'm not readers, you have listeners.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm sure that makes complete sense. I One thing I wanted to ask you about, so anybody that knows me personally knows that I am like a huge Kelly Clarkson fan. This is like probably on an unhealthy level now that we're talking about health. But I love Kelly Clarkson and she lost a bunch of weight in the last like couple years and she's talked a lot about her health journey and that she has an autoimmune disease and as a result of that she had to make changes for her health and but she says that it's all about what's in your food and that she kind of just had to make changes in the ingredients. But she also says that she recognizes that growing up in a lower income home, there's no way that she could have eaten these foods that she's eating now because they're more expensive. So what would be your advice to people as far as like if they want, they feel a desire to eat healthier, but they feel like it's not affordable? Okay so I, that's actually a really good question because I get this I get
1: asked this all the time. And with six kids we have always had to be on a budget. We are not some, you know, spend whatever you can or spend whatever on food and things. That is not us. We're always been on a budget since two kids, three kids, four kids, five kids, <laughs> etc. So I always say it is doable. You have to be strategic, you have to organize and plan a little bit, but I promise you it's doable. Um there are things that are more expensive, but for instance, there's lots of short, lots of things you can do that are less expensive. So for instance, your kids are hungry, they come home from school, instead of maybe feeding them an apple um, leather strip or apple fruit snacks or an apple granola bar, a whole apple is actually way cheaper and can do the same thing. Mm, okay. Um I tell people there's lots of things that don't even cost money. So for instance, sweating is a really good detoxer for us. Going out on a walk, jogging, that doesn't cost you anything, but will can sweat out a lot of those toxins. Another thing, like we need vitamin D that is so good for our bodies to just, for our immune systems, for our mood, just so many things. And going out in the sun for a few minutes every day, that doesn't cost anybody anything. A lot of times if people will redo how they're cooking their meals at night, that can cost less. A lot of people are buying like frozen, pre-packaged, pre-made meals. But if you actually take the time to plan plan and home make the meals, that will be cheaper. Things like packaged food, even like those individual packaged snacks for kids are so expensive. So just going even to like big boxes of packaged food rather than individual s- packages cuts down your costs. Um... So there are a lot of things that you can do to cut costs. And thankfully, companies these days, they're seeing the demand for better products and more organic food and things like that. And I'm finally, these last few years, seeing the prices come down. Five, 10 years ago, it was really expensive to live this way. But more and more companies are providing better food, better beauty options at a more reasonable price.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that as well. I remember, used to it felt like anything that wasn't like a sugary cereal, a a healthier cereal option was like double the cost. And now it's not as, as much that way. So I definitely can see that. I think that it is, I love that you mentioned like something as small as going out in the sun. Because I think that you see that just making these little shifts and starting small, like you said, with your going one ingredient at the time, just making one step at a time is the way to a healthier lifestyle. It really is. It's baby steps. But I mean, we're taught that everywhere,
1: line upon line, precept upon precept. Same thing with nutrition. He he doesn't say go change your whole life right now to get healthy. It's let's do one little step at a time. So it's doable and manageable and becomes a whole life way of, I mean, a whole journey, a whole way of life rather than just a diet.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, by small and simple things. Exactly. How do you feel, Carlin, that the things that you've learned over this journey that you've been on line up with what we've been taught in the Word of Wisdom or does it?
1: Yes. So it definitely does. This is a... whole long, I could talk hours on this topic. So the word of wisdom, first of all, it says, I've given you this word of wisdom as a warning and a forewarning for the last days. And I think we're in those last days. And he tells us these things like the fruits, the vegetables, the plants, the herbs, the seeds, the nuts, the grains, you name it, those things are to strengthen our soul, to strengthen our body and enliven our soul. He tells us it's um, if we eat this way, he's blessed us that we'll run and not be weary, and walk and not faint. You know that we will have great treasures of knowledge given to us, and to me, well, and actually, President Packard talked about that that being personal revelation. And so, this word of wisdom has been given to us to help us in these last days. President Nelson, you know, said to survive these last days, what do we need? We need to be able to listen to the Spirit and receive our own personal revelation. And I think if we're in a body that is tired and exhausted and sick and in pain and not doing well, it houses our spirit, and we need our body to feel good so that our, we can receive that personal revelation. And that's why we've been given these Word of Wisdom pieces of advice from the Lord to help us be able to receive that personal revelation.
0: I love that so much. One thing that it made me think of is I just, I really am passionate about the idea that we all have a mission to fulfill during our mortal existence. And, and if our bodies, like you said, are not in, if they're not able to do that, to fulfill that mission, it's like, if not me, then who? And so feeling like that responsibility makes me want to keep my body healthy.
1: That's so true, because honestly, when I was depressed and in that, those really dark days, I barely could survive. It was just about me, and I couldn't take care of my kids as well as I needed to. I couldn't be out there serving others and doing my callings like I should. And so the Lord knows that He needs, in these last days, strong women and vibrant women and full of energy, and even President Nelson has told us, you know, we I, we need women who can organize and teach and plan and be courageous to the gospel and things like that. And that takes a lot of energy. And I could not have done that depressed and in bed and just in those dark days. There's no way I could have done what God needs us to do. And so I think it's women and people, we just need to focus on making ourselves feel healthy so that we are energetic and full of life so that we can do what God has asked us to do.
0: Yeah absolutely. You have posted quite a bit recently, Carlin, about this idea of, and I kind of want to shift from just like Feeling good to also serving as medicine, which is kind of what you experienced in with your depression is that food became like medicine and served as medicine. Specifically, you cited a New York Times article that said Americans are sick, much sicker than many realize. More than 100 million adults, almost half the entire adult population have pre diabetes or diabetes. Cardiovascular disease afflicts about 122 million people and causes roughly 840,000 deaths each year and about 2,300 deaths each day. 3 in 4 adults are overweight or obese. More Americans are sick in other words than are healthy. And that like that last line where it says more Americans are sick in other words than are healthy I'm like, "Oh, that like hits me hard. Mm-hmm. But can you explain why you're passionate Obviously, this is personal to you, but why you're passionate about the idea of food as medicine and and possibly give us some tips on why you see it that way.
1: So I believe, okay, so medicine is healing and food can be healing. And so that's why I say that food can be medicine. Of course, there's always those times where medicine is needed. I don't want to be taken as I don't ever believe in medicine because that's not true at all. Yeah, But I believe they go hand in hand that if you need the medicine, then we can also work on the diet and toxins and things in your life. Um, For instance, fruits and vegetables are full of antioxidants, which repair the cells and the reactions that occur in the body. If you study it scientifically are amazing what goes on, what happens with the cells and the tissues and the nerves and so many things within the body. So Fruits and vegetables full of antioxidants, say omegas threes that can help with the inflammation. Foods with the omega threes, some fish and you know, things like that. There's fruits and vegetables again and nuts and seeds and things with fiber that can help with things. There's I mean, there's just a list of things. Foods with magnesium. Magnesium helps with people that are having a hard time sleeping. It can also help with depression. There's Foods full of B vitamins, which so many people are lacking in their B vitamins. I mean, the list goes on and on of how foods are full of minerals, vitamins, fiber, antioxidants, all these things that can truly repair cells and help the body function the best way possible.
0: That's amazing. So could you possibly give us an example of how we can treat food more that way?
1: So this actually is an interesting story. When I started on my health journey, so years ago, my husband went and got a physical done and his triglycerides for the cholesterol were outrageous. They were so high. And the doctor was like, we have got to put you on medicine right now. And My husband, knowing what I was starting to go through, said, could you just give me six months and see if I can change my diet and things and see if I can do this on my own? And the doctor was like, "Okay, I'll give you six months. But these numbers are so high that you've got to come back in six months and get it rechecked. And so he went off of like all fast food and processed foods and ate so healthy like fruits and vegetables and had oatmeal every morning. That was his he thinks it's the oatmeal, which oatmeal can help with lowering cholesterol for sure. And anyway, six months later, his numbers dropped by over 200 points, which is huge. Like, it wasn't just a couple points. It was wow. a couple hundred points that they lowered by. So that, in our health journey, just was like another point of showing us, oh, food just plays such a big role.
0: Yeah. What role would you say, Carlin, that faith plays into? We've talked about this idea of healing. We've talked about the word of wisdom. But how does faith play into kind of this whole conversation surrounding how we fuel our bodies? Well,
1: I believe that if you're going to have faith in a God who provides you personal inspiration and personal revelation, then we should have faith that we need to keep our body in the best shape possible to receive that personal revelation because our body does house our spirit. I also believe that if you have faith in a God who— loves you and wants the best for you, that He's going to provide on this earth the things that are the best for you with foods and, you know, nuts, seeds, vegetables, fruits. I also believe that if you believe in a God who's going to come again, and we know that the times are going to be hard before the second coming, then we need to do all that we can, like President Nelson has asked us to, to gather in Israel, in the House of Israel. And that takes work, and work takes energy. And energy. We need that energy through the good foods that we can eat and by taking care of our bodies. And I also, if you have faith in God that He has a plan for you here on this earth, then we need to live our best life so that we can do whatever He's asked us to come do on this earth, not be sick or in pain or can't get out of bed and things like that. Those are trials that we can overcome.
0: Yeah. I'm curious for you, Carlin, as you've done this Instagram account, I'm sure you've gotten like feedback from people and things that you've heard back on how these things are helping and changing people's lives. What has been the most rewarding for you in that regard?
1: That actually has been really fun.
0: I get almost weekly. Well, I do get weekly
1: comments of people saying, we've been trying to get pregnant for years and we got rid of the phthalates and the parabens and cleaned up our food and we're now pregnant. We're so excited. And actually, the pregnancy one is the one I get the most. And With saying that, I am fully aware that there are so many causes of infertility, that it's not just the food or your beauty products, but I'm also aware that there's lots of different causes and sometimes just cleaning up a few things will help people get pregnant I get that a lot. I also get people saying that their depression is so much better and that they're able to get off medication and that they're feeling better and more energetic. And that one actually makes me the happiest just because I know what those dark days are like. And so anytime someone says, I'm off my medication or I'm feeling so much better now or I'm able to get back to work or I'm such a better mom now for my kids, I just think, oh, thank you so much. And actually, I thank Heavenly Father Every day when I get those messages for my dark days of depression, because had I not had those days, I would never have empathy for these people. I would never have this knowledge to teach others about. And so years later, I'm now thanking him every day for those really hard, dark days of my life.
0: Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Jane Clayson Johnson, we had her on the show and she said, you know, I'd never thought that I would be grateful for my struggle with depression, but that she is grateful. And I think that that's a powerful thing to be able to look back and see how an experience that we had that at the time seemed like, Heavenly Father, what are you doing to me? Can be turned into something so positive. Right. And I think that that's, that's what you've been able to do with this. I love earlier. Well, first, I love that you just said, you know, that you express gratitude to Heavenly Father. I also love earlier in our conversation where you said that you've tried to teach your kids to be grateful and that this is like showing gratitude the way that we take care of ourselves. Why are you grateful for the body that God has given you? And why do you believe it's important to take care of that body? So
1: when you have severe suicidal depression and you almost lose that chance of having a body, you become really grateful for the chance to live here on this earth. And for me, it gave me a renewed look on life and made me really— Look at what God wants me to do here on this earth, that there is a mission for me here. And I don't know if this quite answers the question, but for years, I actually felt a lot of shame and guilt and just like, oh, I messed up in life and I did so wrong. I want to hide this depression. And for years, I never said anything about it. And then when I saw others struggling around me, I knew God gave me this experience in my life to help others, and it was time to help others. And so I now am so grateful for the experience so that I can help others, but I also know that God put us here on this earth with a mission, and if we're to fulfill that mission, we need to be grateful for a healthy body. And if you're grateful for a healthy body, then you're more willing to take care of your body so that you can have that healthy body to fulfill your mission. And so I try to teach my kids on a daily basis, health is a blessing. Let's be grateful for it. Let's be grateful for these things that God has given us to help us have... A
0: healthy body. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, this has been so informative and so helpful, and I am super grateful to you for giving your time and sharing these things with us. As we wrap up, I just have one last question for you, and that is, what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? So I'm going to tell you that I have used to have a different
1: perspective of what all in meant. Yeah. Years ago, I thought all in meant a checklist, reading my scriptures, going to church, saying my prayers, blah blah blah. The list goes on and on, right? Yeah,
0: which as can be overwhelming. It
1: can be, and yeah. as I have strengthened my testimony throughout these years and gotten a closer relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, I truly believe that all in in the gospel means loving as Christ would love, loving Him and loving your neighbor, and loving your neighbor includes yourself and your family and your and the strangers around us. And I believe that if we truly love. Jesus Christ, then those other things we'll want to do naturally—read our scriptures, go to church, things like that, because we love Him. But I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth to love, and His whole purpose was to show us how to love. He loved the sick, the sinner, the lonely, the the outcast. And if we are to be all in in this gospel, then we are to love the sick, the outcast, the sinner, any person around us. And so that— is how my all-in in the gospel has changed over the years. Thank you so much. It's been such
0: a pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Carlin Call for joining us on today's episode. You can find more information as well as a full transcript of today's episode in our show notes at www.ldsliving.com slash all in. Again, that's www.ldsliving.com slash all in. You can also find Carlin on Instagram by searching for just dot ingredients. Thank you so so much for joining us and we'll be with you again next week